Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with the very talented jazz vocalist Desi DeLauro and jazz journeyman pianist, husband, collaborator, and all-around music man Ricky Pajot. These days, the husband-wife duo are collaborating on some quality music, incorporating elements from the speakeasy era with an added contemporary urban edge. The pair stay very busy. She is set to release her new EP in the summer of 2015, followed by a North American, UK, and European tour. And Ricky is busy as the pianist on Madonna's Rebel Heart Tour. During the course of our interview, the couple discussed a wide range of topics, touching on their past and Montreal, their projects today, and their dreams for an independent future of creating their own music at their own pace in their own time. Please dig this entire interview, my friends. Thank you for taking some time to talk to me on Jazz. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having having us. Right on. Let me go ahead and dive in here and ask you, first of all, what has been going on lately. Wow, what's been going on? We have a lot going on right now. (laughs) That's a good problem. Yeah, we're uh, we're um, actually finishing off the EP. We're uh, about to release an EP uh, for a September uh, release, and we also have um, a music video that is it should be out anytime soon uh, for the first single called "Let Me Hear You Say Hep Hep." So a lot of stuff, photo shoots, uh, and all that good stuff in between so so we're we're prepping for new releases right now i don't want to hedge on anything top secret but talk to me a little bit about this ep coming up it's kind of a timely thing we're in the middle of august so give me a little bit of a insight into the the album and what went into it and kind of the creative forces that they okay rick you want to take this one well but on the musical side well one of the great things about this album is that we were able to get sample clearance for Cap Calloway's classic Mini the Moocher. Cool. And um so we're so so we are uh, we have a song um basically using using those samples from uh, you know Heidi Hall and all of that stuff. Which is great because not a lot of I haven't seen a lot of artists um in the past who get sample clearance for that. So that's a big um that's a big deal for us. Um also we have um Desi's rapping <laughs> for the first time. <laughs> she's rapping actually on three other cuts, which is pretty cool. Like she's she's developing her own um, rapper side, which is really cool. And the album is a lot. Um, we're taking a lot more chances on the album um, in terms of musical direction. The first one, this is Neo Ragtime, released two years ago. We had a common thread, but this time around, we're really playing around with different genres of the 1920s, 1930s jazz. You know, uh, we have a song um, called His Name is Jack, um, which is a march. We, we're, we're using a, 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 a you know, kind of like a, a, a jazz march, um, you know, kind of like a New Orleans type of vibe, yeah. um, procession type of vibe. Um, so it's, it's so it's, it's an EP. There's not a lot of songs, you know, not as much as a full album. But every song is really different, so it really shows our growth musically, but maintaining the uh, neo ragtime sound. It's just developed. You, you know, the interesting thing that I find about artists like Tessie um, is that Miles Davis was kind of going for this level of 
of progression and jazz, this newer sound mm-hmm. that you talked about, the rapping. Mm-hmm. Even Yoko has said if John Lennon would still be around, he would have pushed an electronic vibe and really gone crazy with this whole electronic thing going on. What has been yeah. kind of the philosophy jazz-wise for you pushing an envelope? Is that premeditated? What has been kind of the whole you know, goal, so to speak, of the sound that you want to produce for the public? Well, you know, uh, I've I'm, I grew up with lots of really old stuff in my house. Like that, uh, the jazz influence was really, really strong. So I grew up on the Cab Calloways, the Duke Ellington, Fats Waller, uh, mixed in with all this other, you know, modern stuff, the soul, the gospel, the hip-hop. So it just came to be like that. Ricky as well, you know. We, we You know, we've been writing partners for a long time, so it just happened. It really came about one day, he was playing something classical, and I'm like, try that in ragtime. So it's something that has been part of me for a long time. Uh, my mom had been telling me for years, and I never listened. <laughs> so I was like, oh, you, know, it's, it's, you know, it's always been part of me, but there's always this thing about how am I going to make this cool and, you know, fit me, because, you know, I, I got the hip-hop influence. I got the soul hip-hop, soul hip-hop influence, and how am I going to incorporate the jazz thing? It kind of just flowed naturally. So, And well, it's something did. I've always done, like, you know, the whole scatting thing. It's something that I've always done, and now I can do it more because of the type of music we're doing. So I think it's a healthy balance of that, you know, the old, but making it new. Yeah. So, yeah, it just kind of came about like that. It wasn't something that we really put our minds to and said, okay, we're going to create this sound today and make it sound like this. It just happened. Yeah. So, yeah. When we created this, when we came up with this sound, we didn't want, the first thing that Desi and I told each other is that we didn't want to try to recreate what's already been done 100 Mm -hmm. years ago. We wanted to basically say, okay, what if this, you know, early jazz, what if early jazz or what if jazz was invented today? What if mm. Cap Calloway and Duke Ellington were alive today? How would it sound? So we mm. really wanted to evolve what, what um, they, how they left off, um, you know, that whole 1920s and 30s Harlem Renaissance sound. So we wanted to take that and make it today, make it modern, progressive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For you know what I'm saying, so yeah, it's it's fun because we both have jazz backgrounds, so we get to use our you know jazz chops, quote unquote, and uh, at the same time, it's it's um it's fun. It's it's a little you know it's a little more on the uh, urban, and I'm able to use you know urban sounds, the backbeat, like Desi said, we grew up on urban hip hop and R and B and all that stuff. So it's it's fun for us to be able to mesh both styles. Mm-hmm. Well, it almost seems like a really good way of pulling in an audience that typically wouldn't get the jazz anyways. I mean, anymore, right. you know, jazz tends to be a niche, so to speak. So if you can get other genres and kind of pull in the other crowds, not only are they going to dig what you're doing, but they're going to have some level of appreciation for jazz. And we all know that when you part that jazz curtain, you're not going to go back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that and that was the lightness that we wanted to add. That's exactly where, you know, we, we were going with it. It's like, okay, just the... Let's open up people's minds. And a lot of people that wouldn't normally listen to jazz that come out to our shows are like, wow, you know, 
this is not something I would normally buy or listen to, but I really dig this. Yeah. <laughs> opening up my mind to, like, you know. So I know you're in L.A. now, but did you grow up in L.A.? No, I'm originally, we're both originally actually from Montreal. Oh, great. So, uh, yeah, originally born and raised in Montreal. Um, I lived in Florida for a long while, and now we've been living in L.A. for seven years and just honing our craft out here. So what was it like growing up in Montreal to kind of give you that appreciation for, you know, maybe live music or jazz and music in general? Well, already my background is a, a, a mix, a huge mix. So I, I, you know, growing up in Montreal, it's like everywhere you look. Montreal is a lot like New York City where it's multicultural, uh, you know, different backgrounds and, and people listen to all kinds of it's very open, and people listen to all kinds of music. And what's interesting about Montreal is that people are fusing all kinds of their influences and, you know, different music. And so I had this whole plethora of, of music growing up that, you know, um, being Latina, being part black, being, you know, part white, having this big mix of all this stuff. Uh, was really interesting. So th- I think that's the greatness of Montreal. Like, it, it's just a big fusion of everything. So people's ears are, are a lot more open to, to, to a fusion of all kinds of different styles. There's so much of everything in Montreal, so that's that's the, the melting pot, the interesting melting pot. Very cool. So growing up, did you always have a desire to get into entertainment, or, or what did you want to be when you were a kid? <laughs> it's always been part of me. I started singing at a very young age. Um, I, I probably, yeah, couldn't shut up. At, at three years old, I was always, you know, <laughs> singing. So, um, yeah, so, you know, my mom put me in the choir, and uh, at the time it was, you know, it was a, a pain, because <laughs> you don't want to be forced to do anything you don't want to do. But I really, growing up, you know, I really appreciate the, the, the church influence and the influence of the choir and the whole gospel influence. So, yeah, it's something that was always part of me. Um, my family is uh, a family that loves music. They listen to music all the time. I had so many different influences surrounded by so much wealth of music in my house. So it was... You know, it's always been part of me. Make a career out of it. I, I um, in my early teens, that's when I, you know, it just kind of happened. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but yeah, it's it pretty much my my whole life. I I knew I was bound for this um, this this path. I'm going to delve into certain aspects of your career, Circus Soleil, and I'm going to kind of go through some things. But if somebody comes across your name. You're, you're releasing your new album. They come across your name. If you could tailor make maybe a couple, a paragraph or, or, or some kind of synopsis as to how your career got to where it's at today, some of the highlights and how your path wove its way to this newest album right now, what would you say? Well, it's obviously the growth. Um, I'd say that the t- my time at Cirque du Soleil made me a better performer, made me a, a, a lot stronger artist performer. Uh, stage presence grew 
dramatically from that experience. Um, as far as vocally as well, I was performing six days a week, two shows a day. So the strength in vocals and the Circus LA, uh, the, the, um, I got hired to improv. So every day was just something different. So I got to stretch and do what I wanted to do vocally. Um, and then when I met Ricky, his influences and our, our influences together, that was a whole other aspect. Um, him being of Haitian background uh, brought a different type of sound and, you know, our, our creativity together. That, that uh, gave me patience because, <laughs> you know, when you're working together, it's like you're not always going to agree, but... Uh, there's a nice complicity, so um, yeah. kind of a, a balance on how to work together. So, uh, what else? Uh, that's a great question. I would add also. I mean, it goes back to your Montreal question, but I I know um, Desi would agree to this. I mean, the growth also of li- living in Montreal is that it's part of our musical growth. The the uh, the uh, multiculturalism, you're playing mm-hmm. different gigs every single weekend. One weekend you're playing jazz, next weekend you're playing uh, salsa, the other weekend you're mm-hmm. playing reggae, the other weekend you're playing R&B. So mm-hmm. all of that is, all of that was a great part of our musical growth. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was good because, because I, that's what I find living in L.A. is that there are certain cultural cliques in a way, if, uh, you know, cultural cliques or genre cliques in L.A., even though it's multicultural, it's 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 not as meshed in Montreal. Montreal is like, like I said, you know, you know, my best friend is Palestinian, and another best friend is uh, is Arabic. Um, um, so it's just having that, having that um, accessibility to different styles of music, listening to different musicians, and just um, interacting with different musicians. Hence you do different styles of music almost every weekend, almost every gig. And speaking of musicians, Ricky, you perform with Madonna, which it doesn't get any higher than that. What what has that experience been like, and what has that brought to your collaboration with Desi? Well, the best part for me of working with Madonna is looking at is the creation process, how she puts a tour together, and looking at the people that she surrounds herself with creatively. Um the energy that's expected, the energy, the professionalism, obviously, but the energy that's expected from being on such a big stage and trying to touch, you know, 100,000 people in one night. You know what I'm saying? So you tend to, you tend to, um, I don't want to say exaggerate, but you tend to um, give a lot more or have to give a lot more because you want to reach the person that's all the way in the back not just the people in the front row. So that obviously rubbed off on me and I'm able, and I've seen a difference with when I perform, um, you know, with Desi. It's just, you know, the energy is just, uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's a lot, it's a lot more contagious. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, I'm, I'm usually a shy person, but when we get on stage, it's, we have so much fun. We just leave it all on stage. So, mm-hmm. um, and and also, you know, the whole, you know, Madonna is like the, you know, the queen of branding, uh, the queen of making, like, this different people from different backgrounds 
all come together and, and make something really cool and different. Um, so, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a school. I always, I always look at every tour like, at like a school, like a different grade school, because it's another opportunity to grow as a, as a musician, as a producer, um, as a performer, as a creator. So we have so many ideas that we want to get to that, you know, I don't, I just don't feel like there's enough hours in the day or enough money in our pockets to, to, to create everything that we really want to create because there's, because there's so many, there's so much that, you know, it's not just a singer performing, you know, her original songs. It's much bigger than that. It's an experience when you come to our show. And, and that is, you know, I could attribute, attribute, uh, I could, I could, you know, really um, say that it's because of all those different um, influences. Like I said, Montreal, Madonna, Cirque du Soleil, um, and just people around us, um, just regular musicians that are just phenomenal. Well, it almost sounds like you would get the experience of, of, of a president, which is years packed into one year being around that level of professionalism. and Exactly. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Uh, choreography and all and you don't quit until it's done you don't finish the job until it's done like we i literally got back to my hotel at two in the morning last night because something wasn't right and she kept redoing it and redoing it. and you you could only have respect for someone like that you know not you know there's a lot of pop singers out there that just you know they get you know they just want to leave the rehearsal and say you fix it no she's there fixing it right she's not gonna give she's not gonna pass the buck she the buck stops her with her so you can yeah. only, you know, learn from that and respect that and 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 try to do it when it comes to your own project. Try to do the same thing. Well, and that's why someone like that is around as long as they are. It's that constant kneeling down to as good as you can get. So um, there'd be something yeah. something he said about longevity and working hard. It, it all kind of goes hand in hand. Yeah, yeah. So I got a question, Desi, about your uh, sophomore full-length album, This Is Neil Ragtime, one of the tracks, Jump and Jive, was on ESPN. A lot of people has probably heard you at, in, during the NCAA uh, Final Four. What was that like to get picked for that? How big of a moment? What kind of growth and audience do you think that reached? Wow. Uh, that was... <laughs> it was a big surprise um, in, in a good way. Uh, we, you know, we were pushing the song and that's that's the one thing right now that's you know we're trying to push to get on um placements and stuff and movies and so when we got the call for that that was a big deal uh i'm not you don't know we didn't get a lot of feedback from that just because you know it's so spread out and it's such a national you know it was on a national level so but i mean you know the people from back home we got you know, lots of props for that. That was a that was a big deal for us, and yeah, <laughs> getting on ESPN, especially for the Final Four, that was a big deal. So, there's something to be said about standing on the shoulders of giants and getting to where you want to get in your life. Tell me who have been the best teachers in your life, teaching you about not only music but being alive. Ooh, uh, I'd say my mom. Uh, she's, yeah, she's just instilled all this amazing music. So I'm grateful for that. I'm forever grateful because she helped shape 
who I am as a performer, as a singer. Um, I'd have to say my best friend as well. Uh, is this phenomenal singer, Coco Thompson from Montreal. So having her as a, a role model and to watch and listen to. And she said something to me very early on when I first came out. And she's like, you need to find yourself. And, um, you know, because <laughs> when I came out, I sounded like this one and that one and that one. And it's like, you need to find your own personality through your voice, you know, find your own tone and your own thing that will make you uniquely you as a performer and artist. So that always stuck in my head. Um, and I'd have to say, you know, I can't make it about one thing. Or You know, Ricky was a huge influence on me and, and a huge support. He constantly, even t- till now, will keep pushing me and keep pushing my boundaries because I used to be shy. <laughs> but... Since we started working together, it's just uh, he's constantly pushing me to be better and, you know, do more, not be afraid to take chances and and just be completely uninhibited uh, when I perform, when I sing, like, you know, leave it all on stage, basically. So, yeah. yeah. And, you know, all those experiences, I look at everybody that comes into my life, whether it be good or bad, help shape who I am today as a performer, as an artist, as a singer. It it all comes with it, you know, so. Um, and as far as life, every single interaction with people is, is teaches me something every day. It's all part of growth. Well, speaking of, at a very young age, speaking of influences at a young age, at the age of four, um, it was noted that you were borrowing your parents' records, Sarah Vaughan, Duke Ellington, Stevie Wonder, Luther Vandross. Tell me... Who would you consider your music heroes? So many. <laughs> uh, but, like, you know, Cab, Duke, uh, Stevie, Donnie Hathaway, Luther, Whitney, Sarah Vaughn, Ella, Lauren Hill, Bilal, D'Angelo, Erica Badu, uh, Tribe Called Quest, Common, Outcast. So all those in one, I know that's a lot, and the list goes on and on, but those are the main ones that just pop off the top of my head that I'm like, yeah. Uh, and then, you know, gospel music, anything gospel for me is just, that's that's life, that's breath. <laughs> Next question, we'll, we'll totally get this list down to a singular. And if you could get into a time machine, and go back in time and witness one of these artists live at any point, who would you want to see and where would you want to go? <laughs> wow. Wow. I'd have to say Whitney. Um, just because vocally she's the biggest, the biggest influence. That just, the the, the type of singer that... Uh, if she would have sung Me to Sleep or a, a Lullaby, I couldn't think of anybody I'd rather hear sing Me to Sleep <laughs> than cool. Whitney. Her just, just there's just a, uh, uh, she was so powerful and moving vocally that 
you know, anybody. I, I get goosebumps just, you know, thinking of certain live performances that I've seen online or I've seen on TV that are just like, if I could be a fly on the wall <laughs> at one of those shows or, you know, just hearing her hum or something in her house, or that would be everything. You know? yeah. So let, let me ask you this. What's the greatest thing about waking up every day? The greatest thing about waking up is waking up. <laughs> <laughs> is is having life and, and breath to wake up and to, you know, have an, another day of life. That's the way I look at it. Every day I wake up, I say, thank you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for another day of my life. Cool. Why do you love jazz? Why do I love jazz? There's so much to love about jazz. Uh, different interpretation from different people. uh uh, soloing of, you know, piano solos, horn solos, uh, uh, the uninhibitedness of it, um, the freeness, the free freeness of jazz. Um, there's so much to love about jazz. It, it's it's just musically, it's the freest of all music. Uh, there's you know. You don't conform with jazz, so there's no yeah. conformity to jazz. I'm curious to hear what Ricky's and <laughs> what Ricky's thought. I just love to swing. <laughs> yeah, swing. Of course. I, there's nothing. There, there's no better than hearing a good band that just swings, mm-hmm. or writing something that just swings. I just love to swing. I, I, I. That's what I love about jazz. I mean, uh, yes, obviously, um, you know, soloing and hearing people express themselves mm-hmm. um, with their instruments. But just, man, there's no better feeling than this, this like a kick and bang in a club that just swings. Let me ask you this. What was the first, this is for both of you, the first time you were ever approached for an autograph, what went through your head? <laughs> I know for me it was weird. <laughs> it was just bizarre. I'm like, why? You know, you're, it's it's flattering it's just it's i i think it was the 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 shock of wow they're actually asking me for my autograph this is just so surreal and bizarre (laughs) (laughs) so i think it was just the shock of it being weird it's just uh you know even when people ask now it just kind of takes me aback and i'm like you know i try to be as humble and you know practice humility in what we do in this crazy business of ours as much as possible. But I'm appreciative. You know, I realize people that, you know, I'm I'm doing something to people through my music and I'm making them feel a certain way and that's everything to me. So, yeah. Cool. First time I got an autograph, I was asked for an autograph. I was actually, um, I was actually a teenager. (laughs) After a piano recital or something, but it was like you know from a from an extended family member or something uh, you know at a uh, you know when when I would play uh, at uh, house parties you know my parents and their friends and stuff like that and I think it was a moment like that it was just uh wow this is this is cool <laughs> what yeah you my autograph but it was just like yeah it was just a cool moment. So to wrap everything up here today, I'm going to ask you this. We all get on a on a 
phone, we have a conversation in 10 years, the very first thing I'm going to ask you and that classic verbal MC Escher style of reflecting back on this interview, what has been going on lately? What are you going to want to tell me has happened? Oh, wow, that I won a few Grammy Awards. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and that um, Neo Ragtime is people will know what we do musically worldwide and that I could actually sit down and have a coffee with you and say we've toured the world and, you know, People love our music and love what we do, and, and, and they appreciate this this new sound called Neo Ragtime. For me, I just, my goal, my uh, I don't want to say ultimate goal, but my goal, well, I, I'll feel like we've made it in a way, so to speak, is when we're able to, um, when we're able to uh, to live off of, off of our own music. Right. Right. Cool. When we're able, to, when we don't have to take somebody else's tour because we need to pay bills or we need to pay rent or or anything like that, when the day that um you know that I see that oh wow we're able to to uh, to live off of our own music whether it's touring whether it's the uh, music placement somewhere or anything like that that's when you know I'll be able to say yeah like that's you know in 2025 I'll be like. Yep, that's what that's what we accomplish. Because once we accomplish that, to me, that's that's everything. Because this mm-hmm. is what I love doing. This is the ultimate for me. This mm-hmm. is the ultimate. Is when I'm on stage with Desi, and we're playing our original music in front of strangers, and by the second song, they're already dancing. They're already. We're making people feel good. We're making people forget about their problems or anything you know they may be going through in their lives, and just feel like they're transported. Whether it's in the past or whether it's in the future, it depends how you how you see our music. Some people say this is the future. Some people say, "Wow, you're taking me back." So, just for that moment, just to be able to just to be able to do that and make money off of it, where we don't have to be destiny like because we love being together. You know, we're best friends. We're husband mm-hmm. and wife, but we're best friends also. So, when and whenever we're in a and, situation and creating- where we can be together. And creating together, yeah, and the, yes. And the creating is is everything. So it's it's you know it's there's no greater love or, or happiness than you know what we do on that stage. There's there's none. It's, it's just everything. So yeah, creating our own economy, doing what what we love, that would be everything. It really would. That's a great way to wrap <laughs> up saying, "Hey, it was a pleasure to speak with you too." Good luck with thank everything. You so much, I, thank, thank you. Likewise. Thanks for listening and tuning in to yet another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players in New York City, Kansas City, Montreal, and spots all over the world, giving fans all that jazz. And thanks to Desi and Ricky for their time, talent, and dedication to making jazz always tasty. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino on the iTunes Store or visit theneonjazz.blogspot.com for all things Neon Jazz. Okay, until next time, enjoy the music, my friends. Neon Jazz.